0: Welcome to the More Than Hearers podcast, episode 22. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. You just heard the voice of our host, Peter Willis. But before that and after, so prior and subsequently, my voice, you're hearing that I'm your host, Orion. Did I say your last name? I don't recall. (laughs) Willis. (laughs) Willis. There it is. <laughs> now it's out there, now and, that you've told everybody. And my last name is Williams, so uh, there. Uh, no relation. complete now, and there he is. <laughs> That's true. There's no relation. Um, yeah, so we're the More Than Hearers podcast, and we have those names. What, let's see. What, oh, yeah, we talk Bible. That's, uh, that's what we do. We talk Bible on this show. And we're in the book of Ephesians. We're all the way up to chapter six. Is that the sixth and final chapter? This is the end. Uh, of Ephesians. Mm. Oh, whew. so yeah, we have a contact email. Um, if you want to get a hold of us and tell us how these previous five chapters uh, and even this one have been, uh, you can hit us up podcast at morethanhearers dot com, and that's our website. We're on Facebook, facebook dot com slash morethanhearers. I'm on Twitter and some other stuff. I'm at Orion plays music and Peter is at mth underscore peter and there we go that's the intro it's over we made it you feel better yeah i think
1: i can leave I, now you know i 22 episodes <laughs> but i think you're finally starting to get it down oh really, no, that's, no, what not what really? That, <laughs> that's what that sounded like <laughs> uh, no it's a new
0: disaster every week uh,
1: did you did you listen to the new episode of more than Heroes? <laughs> No, what's it like?
0: Kind of like a train wreck mm, and every no, time. It's, yeah, it's, first, first three minutes train wreck.
1: We're professionals here, I promise. Mm-hmm. Or there should be professionals. Get, hey, either way, get I paid know.
0: in peanuts. You,
1: when? Oh,
0: You <laughs> got excited right there.
1: <laughs> you, you had mentioned something about scones several episodes back, and I have yet to see. I was scone. hoping
0: someone would take that up, and even as a joke, right? pay as in scones.
1: Yeah, I yeah. nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, not oh, well. even peanuts. It's all right. I, uh, we're thank not here tasked. for the money. No, obviously. Just the scones. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, Please, oh, wait. someone. So, uh. Begging now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, Orion's been reduced to begging. See what you've done now. We're in the book of Ephesians, chapter six today, which, as Orion alluded to in the intro, is the final chapter of Ephesians. But, uh,. By no means should you be like, oh, well, it's, it's done with, whatever. Um, there's some really good stuff in here. And I know I say that about every chapter of every book we do, but um, there really is. And, and we come on, obviously, on the heels of chapter five. It's not like we started, you know, we went from three and skipped four and five and went straight to six. But right on the end of chapter five, which was some, some really good stuff, but also some really uh, difficult stuff on uh, husbands and wives. Um, stuff that's been argued about, misused, and wrestled with, and all of those other things um, in churches for
0: generations. And outside of churches, actually. I mean, people point to that stuff even outside of church as a a dig against the church or against the Bible. That's what they pick on? Uh, Anything they can. Oh, okay, there you go.
1: Yeah. So we get into Ephesians 6, and, and it opens with something we can all agree on. Okay. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Amen. Anybody? No. If you disagree, (laughs) send scones first. No, I'm kidding. Um, And then verse two says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you on the earth and that you may, or so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. This is a direct quote from Deuteronomy, by the way, it's actually right out of the 10 commandments. Uh, It's the, like Paul says, the first commandment with a promise. So there were other commandments uh love the lord your god um have no other gods before me all of these other commandments but they had no like deal with them like it wasn't like love god and you'll get a pony or have no other gods before me and you'll get a new car no it was just do these things but then it got to honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy a long
0: life on the earth i think it might have been and i'm just this is conjecture Um, But people may have been killing their disobedient children.
1: It was actually in the law. Uh, I believe uh, I should have prepped this. I think it's Deuteronomy 19 um, where it says that if you have a difficult child, I think it actually references a difficult son, which um, I can kind of attest to that, I guess. It is not Deuteronomy 19. You were a difficult um, son. I was a difficult son. That's why. Um, it basically says that you bring him to the city gates and uh, to the the fathers of, of the town. And you go, this son of mine is difficult and will not listen to me. And um, all of these other things. Ah, I found it. It's Deuteronomy 21, starting in verse 18. And it says, if someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all of the men of this town are to stone him to death. Okay. You um, must purge the evil from among you. All of Israel will hear it and be afraid.
0: So, yeah, that's... I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> 3,000 3, years later, whatever I, this is.
1: I, my father's town is far too far away for this to happen. Although, now that I've said that, if he's listening, he's probably shopping plane tickets. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah, that was part of it is... It's one of those things where we go, hey, there's plenty of kids who have been really good kids who died young in an accident or a disease or whatever. This isn't true, but it, it's true. In, in the context of the law, it was punishable by death to be a disobedient child, which let's, let's make that great again. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not suggesting no, you out no, kill your children. Please, by all means, don't do that. Please. Um, but... I think there's still value in the commandment. Children obey your parents in the Lord for this
0: is right. Why? I, uh, yeah, are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. That's okay. the question. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to I'll preface this with my stance on the 10 commandments, yep. which is that it is not our law uh, as the as a Christian. Understood. As a Christian body of believers, that is not the thing that we should look to get put up in government buildings or I mean if you want to hang it in your own house, that's fine, but don't look to it for authority. Or salvation. Amen. Yeah. So knowing that, what do you what value is this to you? So going back to last episode, the last episode we
1: did, we talked a lot about husbands and wives, and I think I ranted or Raved? <laughs> Raved. I, something. I, I camped on that marriage is, a is a picture. this picture of Christ's relationship with the church and that husbands and wives are to be that example of Christ in the church in the world in their marriages. By the same example or by the same um, theme, we're, uh, th- the scriptures refer to God as our father and us as the children of God. And so I think this is the same principle of children and parents and their relationship to each other is similar in example to our relationship as children of God to the Father God. agree. And so that's where the value in it is. Um, to the point of there are whole books written and there's some great ones out there, particularly if you're listening and you had a difficult relationship with your father or no relationship at all growing up. This idea of the church going, oh, God's our heavenly father. And you're like, yes, so? What good is that to me? It's never been, earthly father's never been any good, so don't tell me heavenly father's any good. And some people have had trouble in their relationship with God because of their struggles in their earthly relationships with their earthly fathers. And so um, there's been whole books written about this, uh, trying to heal those relationships. And it's why those relationships are so important scripturally, because they do help give us an example of our relationship to God. And that's why verse four is here. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And there's a footnote in my Bible. There might be a footnote in your Bible. I don't know. Right after fathers. And it says, or parents. Um, I don't know if that's because of the Greek or if that's because there are so many fatherless homes now it's not like moms can read this and go well the dad's not here exasperate and we go you know mm-hmm. like i'll exasperate my kids all i want i'm not a dad it's not that this is a this is a commandment understanding that culturally and socially at the time the father was always the head of the family um, scripture commands us to still do that to this day but our society's pretty broken our culture is pretty broken and there's a lot of fatherless homes and so um, it doesn't make the command or the scripture null and void it still has value
0: just just to give a little bit more weight to this because we as parents we can talk about uh you know bang bang on the drum for the the kids to be obedient amen but there is a high calling here to us that man i'm reminded of it when when i fall short as a father and i go uh disobedient disrespectful Ah, shoot I think I probably did some exasperating. You know, I, I have a role in here, too. And it's not that, that parents by any, uh, you talked about the picture that we, we're supposed to be a good authority figure to our children. But we are not always a good authority figure to our children. So we're not infallible. Um, but <laughs> someone's laying on the horn in the background. <laughs> I don't know if you can Let's hear it or not, it but it.
1: it's a thing.
0: It could be an alarm. <laughs> Peter's checking his vehicle. Nope. All right. So, yeah, anyway, there's, there's a, a responsibility for parents here to, to heed the scriptures as well. Um,
1: so, and- yeah, like I was saying, there, there are so many people who struggle with this father idea of God or this father relationship with God because their relationship with their earthly father is broken. And so then there are those of us earthly fathers who then need to understand our role in our children's life of to be an example of God in love and in action and in discipline and in everything else. To We don't get to just be, uh, it's not our job just to hold our kids down. Mm-hmm. It's our job to raise them up. Though, like The verse says, to bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. To help them understand who God is and how they relate to God. Uh, this kind of like the instruction to, to wives and husbands is heavy stuff and it's because it matters.
0: Yeah. This, this notion of training, you don't, no one trains by, uh, uh, go out there and figure it out. Go run a four minute mile. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know. Why then, didn't you do it in four you. minutes? I'm going to judge yeah. you on your failures. No, like the, the trainer needs to demonstrate. The trainer needs to lead by example. So as, as we're training and instructing, we're living that example. Ideally. Absolutely. I mean, from a, obviously from an idealistic point of view, but that, that needs to be what our role is. This, again, a lot like the stuff on
1: husbands and wives in the previous episode. This is, I think, bigger stuff than I feel like it's, it's coming out as, and I hope that um, you as listeners get the importance of this and the value of it too. It's not just, oh, this stuff is so hard, I don't know if I can do it. It's, it's worth trying.
0: It's hard. Pray about
1: it. Yeah, yeah, it matters. And and God, uh, all over the Bible, he's, he's not making us go this alone. He's not like, figure it out. Call me when you got it. Like, he's He's walking us through it. And we've got great examples in Scripture of what it means um, to be parents and to be kids and, and all of those other things. So then we get into uh, uh, crazy stuff. No, it's not crazy. Uh, verse 5. Slaves. <laughs> yeah, this should be fun. Obey your earthly masters with respect. Ryan and I uh, chatted on this ahead of the episode because I expressed to him my struggle with this. It's it, There's a lot of ways you want to look at this and go, well, what it means to us is this. And, and that, some of that stuff is not untrue. But um, I also don't want to draw more out of here than what's here. And I also don't want to ignore um, what is actually here. And this is hard for us because... Part of it, we go, slaves, oh, not one of those, and we don't have any of those, so we'll just skip over this. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, and then there's the other side of that where the common teaching and the e- the easy thing to do, honestly, is to go, well, this is kind of like, instead of slaves, uh, employees, and master should be employer. And while, yeah, that's kind of true, too, the context, I think, is still a little different. Does this, the other question uh, that – that I think might come up, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm just pulling stuff out that shouldn't be there is. Does this mean the Bible says slavery is okay? No, it doesn't say slaves. That's all right. It it's not it, it's not a social commentary on whether slavery is okay or not. Slavery was a reality of the time. It
0: it was. Some would say that uh, the Bible uh, writers. Okay we had a responsibility to maybe have a commentary on that social topic.
1: We don't see a commentary on any other social topic of the era
0: well I mean that's arguable there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of things that would have been that were socially unacceptable that Paul calls out um Men having long hair comes to mind. Uh, I mean, okay, you're right, you're you right, know, and I'm wrong. They're okay. little things. There's a lot of yeah. little things. Um, but, and and I I don't want to get out of line on this because I don't know. But but the, yeah, the notion because you just you kind of danced around it. But if someone's listening, they might not Hit know. It. But the, the idea that slave does not always mean. The picture that we have in our head of, like, uh, someone getting whipped and they are in chains all day long. And, all, I mean, the the, um, the American slavery, the slavery that happened in the American, uh, I, I was going to say South, but in America. It was in everywhere.
1: 1500s to 1500s or even 1400s to the mid-1600s. And,
0: and slavery has been around. Mid-1800s, the, I'm sorry. The whole world. Is, that wasn't exclusive to the United States. Yeah. But Still that, exists in some parts of the world now. Sure. And that that part of history, I'm not saying anything. Uh, I'm not comparing it to that, really. But it's but it's not always that in biblical context, because uh, a slave, one meaning is bond servant, and that that just meant that you and you agreed to enter a debt. Uh, you got whatever you got a house, you got a, a loan, whatever, and then you're going to pay off your debt. Uh, it, it would be like likened to a credit card now, except for that. Uh, rather than high interest rates and being bummed out with at your your creditor you had some guy who had human emotion and may have been a jerk and may have applied unreasonable requests or demands of you so there's still it's still relevant to talk about it's just it doesn't always mean the thing that we think of when we hear the word slavery
1: just like in the in this passage uh, verse 5 slaves obey, obey earthly masters with respect and freedom. Fear. Fear, particularly in, in a biblical stance, uh, doesn't always mean to be afraid of. Right. right. It has more to do with reverence and respect um, than it does, like, trembling with fear.
0: Yeah, it's like a deserved fear like because because they have an actual authority like it's like treating them like they actually have authority rather than just giving them lip service that's what that fear is when we have that fear fear of god that we're supposed to have is because we know what he's actually capable of because we acknowledge his authority yeah
1: yeah exactly and and i love this is not just with respect and fear but with and with sincerity of heart just as you would obey Christ, obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, so don't be a kiss up, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. And, and that's the greatest thing about this whole passage, and I think it applies universally, not just to slave and master, not just to employer and employee, not just to husband, wife, child, parent. In general, it should come from a condition of our heart. Our desire to serve in general. Others or masters or employers or spouses or parents, kids, whatever. Our desire to serve should come from sincerity of heart. Understanding that if Jesus is Lord, we are slaves to him. Um, It's exactly what it says. But as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord, the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And then at the same time, verse 9, masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. And I love this, because it, it again applies fairly universally where it says, um, "Don't threaten them, since you know that He who is both their master and yours." It doesn't matter if you're a CEO of a company that employs five million people, or if you're um, boss at a place that employs a couple of people, or if you, you know, are an employee at either of those places. The fact is, is that we all are servants of God. And so we're all under the same authority ultimately. And so this idea that we have any sort of authoritative superiority over another person is almost laughable. There is a place for leadership. The Bible speaks of it, um, of people being leaders among people. But if you're a leader among people, you should certainly have the attitude or the understanding of you're still a servant of God. He is still Lord of you as much as he is anybody else. Any authority you have is given by him, and the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. So there you go. There's that. Thank you,
0: King James translation. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of stuff I have memorized
1: that way, but yeah. Um, And there's no favoritism with him. I just love that. And then it's going to shift gears. We're going to get into a passage where if you've been in church for any length of time, you have heard... Trying to trying to word this right. Uh, Not that I think I need to be careful about how I say it, but more that I want to make sure that I'm clear. There are people who say, oh, somebody cut in front of me at the ATM. That's the devil trying to get me. Or uh, somebody stole a parking spot from me uh, at the mall. Uh, The devil's trying to get me. Not everything is an attack of the devil. At the same time, that doesn't mean that nothing that happens isn't an attack of the devil either. Or did that come out right? Yeah, but that so, might have been a double negative. So
0: then how do we treat uh, small grievances?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't have an answer for this. Oh, I, I think, thought you were going
0: gonna- <laughs> to. It's not like a cut. Of, that's Flip the, a coin. Okay, it was that one was the devil. It's,
1: that's the craziest thing is there's not like a cut and dry formula for this. Right. Uh, It's not like the Bible anywhere says uh, parking space is not devil. ATM line is devil. Um, You've heard me say someone ate your house, not devil, but TP (laughs) is devil. Like it's not, it's not clear cut. It's part of um, taking everything to God and going, Lord, if this is an attack on me spiritually. Oh, see, I
0: like that. I don't want any part of it, and I ask for your protection and your guidance. I love that wording because it doesn't presume that it is necessarily an attack. I mean, maybe you're feeling attacked. But it attacked. doesn't dismiss it as not an attack either. Right. Uh, but you've heard me say that I don't like to give the devil more credit than he deserves. So Absolutely. Rather than default to, oh, there's the devil again. You know, ah, Satan, you you, you almost got me that time or whatever. Yeah. I'd rather not not acknowledge him. You know, I'd I'd like default to not acknowledging him, although scripture is firm that he is out there and he is at work and he's prowling like a lion. He wants to devour you. So you can't be blind to that. He's the fact that he's out there. I just don't think that we need to give everything like, you know, to his credit.
1: Yeah, it's. It's so interesting how many people have built a personal theology on what the devil is and isn't. And a lot of it isn't based in Scripture. Sure. Um, you know, the verse that came to mind as you were talking is there's this conversation between Jesus and Peter. And Jesus goes, uh, the devil is asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that you may remain strong. It doesn't go, the devil is asked to sift you as wheat, but I'm not going to let it happen. Right. It's not there. It's just not there. Yeah. That's... Uh, you know, you look at the book of Job. It's not like <laughs> Can you do a little more, Jesus. Come on, anyway. <laughs> come on, man. I thought we were friends. <laughs> like you've been to my house. You know, it's um, it's interesting that um, you know, there's a responsibility in our part to stand firm, and that's part of what this is talking about. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. We're not capable of it on our own. But we can stand strong in the Lord. And then it gets into what the armor is. Um, And these are the tools, right? Verse 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And there have been a whole sermon series on each piece of armor. There have been messages on this time and again. And this thing means that. And this thing means that. And it means what it says. The one interesting thing I've seen pointed out, and I'm sure you've all heard this before, is almost everything here is defensive except for mm-hmm. the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it's absolutely we should be able to feel safe. yes, in our righteousness in, in the righteousness that comes from Christ. We should feel safe in our faith, like the shield of faith. We should feel safe that we've stood with truth, that've um, that've we've, ha- we've operated in the gospel of peace, but ultimately when an attack comes, we should be ready to counter with Scripture. Nice. And that's, I've said this before, I'm, here it comes again. It's part of the reason for Bible study. It's part of the reason for podcasts about the Bible. It's why we get into this book over and over and over again. This book is thousands of years old, literally. Some cases, much many thousands of years old. In, some, in some, the case of some books, but it's all thousands of years old. And we're still studying it. Because it still has relevance to what we're facing in our lives. It has never lost its relevance, and it won't. And that's why you need to be in this. It is your offensive weapon. Defense is all well and good, but sometimes the best defense is a really good offense. All right. All right. Here we go. Verse uh, 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, and I want to keep going, but I'm going to stop there for a minute because this is important. Because it says
0: all kinds of requests.
1: All, all kinds of prayers and requests. Yay! It's so good <laughs> because I, I don't know why you're excited about it, Orion. I want to hear, but I'm going to share first why I'm excited about Please. it. I have been in many churches and many Bible studies and sermons and classes and this and that and the other thing where people, well-meaning people, will make you feel guilty for praying and asking God for things. There are other people who go, oh, if you ask God for things, he'll give them to you. Like there's there's two sides to this. Sure. But there are plenty of people who go, if you go to God with a request, you should be just going to God with praise and with worship. Well, that's all kinds of prayers. I think there's a place for all of it. And if you're coming to God with something that's real for you, I think God honors our tr- reality. If you go in prayer and all of a sudden you go, oh, I'm going to ask for a bunch of things and I better not do that. I'll just pray this instead. Mm. Like God's like, I know you need stuff. Like you really want to ask the questions, ask them. What you should be seeking, if you find that all of your prayers are just begging God for stuff, you need to pray for a change of heart. Sure. But if the truth of your life is that's all you're coming to God for, be
0: real about it. Right. It's not like He doesn't have it figured out anyway. Like, (laughs) right. Yeah. It's not like He only hears what you, what whatever your final answer was. You know, like He He knows the whole. Yeah. Like He knows your whole heart. Yeah. So So, what
1: were you? Why were you excited about it?
0: Well, I for some time have been uh, frustrated with my. I don't know what the right word is, but just my, my, my place, like with my, uh, you know, where, with where I live and with uh, my inability to get ahead in certain areas of life. And so, uh, you know, you start to pray for an improvement to some stuff. And then you come across a scripture verse that says, uh, uh, yeah, anything you want, like you got it. Uh, but the reason you don't get what you want is because you you're uh, asking for the wrong things. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> And it's easy to get kind of discouraged from praying those real prayers, I think. I mean, and like you said, you know, people in the church will discourage you from praying those prayers. Absolutely. And so it's refreshing to, in this chapter, in this book, in this study, uh, have it feel like I can pray to God for what I feel like I need. And he, he already knows it anyway. I mean, there's, there's other passages that say he already knows before we ask. So and in those ways, it's refreshing that I didn't need to ask. But in this way, it's refreshing to know that I can ask for what's really on my, my mind and my heart at the time.
1: It's, it's fun to stumble across little gems like this that go, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Because a lot of times we read through the Bible and we go, oh, I'm not doing too good. <laughs> I, I am not meeting up to the standard of, this, of these things. Many of these last podcast episodes. We wrestle <laughs> with some real stuff. <laughs> oh, failed again.
0: Thanks, God. Yeah, uh, that's right. a reminder.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. So, again, uh, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Same verse. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, Paul, not me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Two separate things here. The be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people is so key. Our reality as Christians, wherever you're listening, is not necessarily the same reality for Christians everywhere. There are certainly portions of this world where people are still very much persecuted. It is still very dangerous to be a Christian. There are areas of this world where it's so comfortable to be a Christian, people are missing true life in Christ. Yes. We should be praying for all these people. Uh, Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, I think is the old phrase that used to get used. Mm. Uh, Just a thing I thought of in the moment. But anyway, and then Paul goes... Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And I love this. And I'm going to infer something from it. And you'll just have to permit me because I have the microphone and you don't. But it almost insinuates that Paul struggled at times with fear. With being afraid to go... I'm going to get up before Caesar or Felix or Festus or Agrippa or the chief priest, the the high priest at one point when Paul first got arrested and declare the gospel. And you read their acts and Paul's just hitting it out of the park everywhere he goes. He says some crazy stuff in front of Some people that I'm like, "Mm, it's probably, you Mm -hmm. might want to tone it down just a little, Paul, you can get yourself killed. And he just goes at it. And I read that. I read Acts and I go, man, this guy was unstoppable. But here he goes twice. He says, pray for me that I do this fearlessly. I wonder if maybe that was a struggle for him. And that's an encouragement that if it's a struggle for me, it's not new. Sure, I'm not not like missing the mark. It's normal. Um, I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Last couple of verses are kind of like the end of some of uh, Paul's other books. He's going to mention off some names, but uh, the first one I can't even pronounce, but uh, Tychius, I guess I would go with, but who knows. The dear brother and faithful servant of the Lord will tell you everything. This is probably the guy that brought the letter to the church on behalf of Paul so so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And that's a that's the close to the book of Ephesians where Paul's poured out his heart um, to this church. And he's talked about, um, since the beginning of the chapter, just trying to reaffirm their faith. Um, and to keep them going. And just some some great notes on how to live and how to be. and um, You know, we talked about in Ephesians chapter 4 about keeping the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And we talked about how to live as husbands and how to live as wives and parents and children and all of these things. And Paul's just encouraging them to live well. And um, at the same time, we definitely covered some um, some difficult things, not just theologically, but in how to live. When we talked about uh, coarse joking and uh, I was going to say gestures, but that wasn't what no, it was. No. There's another word there. I can't uh, remember what it is. With
0: coarse gestures.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's, it's inferred, but whether or not, I uh, my sincere hope and prayer is that you're getting something out of these episodes, about out of this sharing, and that Ephesians has encouraged you. And challenge you because it. I think it's been a challenge for both of us, Orion. I don't want to speak for you, but
0: yeah, no, the, the and challenge. It's frustrating that there's not another word that means the same thing that I can use because it's. Uh, I, I'm tired of thinking it, but but challenge is the the word that keeps coming up. It's like yeah, it's it's growing through a struggle. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I would love if there's something
1: in here that's really pushed at you and, and you you turn off the podcast and you go throughout your life and it pops into your head and you go, oh, here's, here's Ephesians again, challenging me. Shoot us a message, Facebook, email, whatever. I'd love to hear it. Not because I want to hear how difficult life is for everybody, but because Orion and I see each other during the week beyond just our time to record the episode. And on occasion, uh, there's been occasion where we've gone, oh man, there's that Ephesians 5 thing again mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And so we have that feedback from each other and i'd love to hear it from our listeners And we'd love well. to
0: encourage people
1: and that too yeah. so yeah podcast at more than com or on the facebook facebook.com slash more than hit the message button um we'd certainly love to correspond with you on that or just hear is this working for you and are you encouraged by it and are you growing from it